If God is good, then why does he allow evil to happen? Why does sin still exist? Why doesn't he just rid the world of all the bad things? Today on Ask a Youth Pastor, we hear from a middle school student named Lily who has a really deep question. In this episode, I sit down with Lily and my pals Brian Higgins and Pete Silverman from Calvary Chapel Old Bridge, and we attempt to give our best shot at answering the question of the problem of evil and what God is doing about it. Hope you enjoy the show. This is Ask a Youth Pastor. Okay, so we're here with Brian Higgins, my good friend and my twin cousin. It is very complicated. Don't ask it's, how it works. It was very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here with one of his students in his youth group. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. What is your name? My name is Lily. Awesome. What's your middle name? Sela. What is your shoe size? Nine. There you go. We've learned everything we need to know. <laughs> that is the full spectrum. What grade are you in, Lily? I'm going into seventh grade. Perfect. Awesome. So what is your question? What do you got for us? Um, my question is, like, I've heard a lot about how God allows different things to happen, but my question is, why is he letting people do the things that they're doing now, like especially the things that potentially hurt other people? That's a really, really good question. Mm-hmm. Any of you guys have anything on that? I know I have something, but if you guys have something, I'd say jump, jump in first. So God very graciously has given us the ability to make choices. He doesn't want us to be robots. He doesn't want us to be people that can only do his will. And part of really being able to make a choice is that when you make that choice, it sticks. It's sort of like if I said, you could pick the next place we do an Ignite Missions trip for. And you were like, I want to go to Puerto Rico. And I was like, nah, let's go to England instead. I didn't really give you a choice, did I? Because I took that choice back immediately. So for God to give us real choice, he has to also let us sometimes do bad things with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Because badness comes from disobedience to God. Like anything God tells anyone to do is always going to produce like the maximum goodness in a situation. But rebellion towards God, like for instance, like if God says to you, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have two. Boys or girls? Boy and girl. So if God's like, hey, go hug your brother, and then you disobey and decide to go slap your brother, like you're not producing goodness in the world, you're producing bad. But like Brian was talking about, if he doesn't give us that choice, we're basically robots. Like it's computer programmers create video games all the time where there are characters called NPCs, non-playing characters, and all they do is just stand around and do whatever they're programmed to do. God created us with this will where we have, have we have these choices. And I was watching a Bible Project video. Have you ever seen those? The Bible Project? Yeah, I've heard of them. On YouTube, before. they're so good. They're there was really this, cool. Yeah, they're awesome. There was this one where basically they were talking about good and bad in the world. And basically it was the same question you asked. Like, why is there bad in the world? Why are people allowed to make bad choices? Why can't God just get rid of all of the bad? 
Hey, this is Aaron. I am going to go ahead and interrupt myself in the middle of the episode because as you were just listening, I was describing a video by The Bible Project. Um, in this video, I think they made a point that actually has a lot to say about this student's question. And instead of me kind of rambling and trying to describe the video, I thought it would be way better if I just played the audio from the video. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play about one minute of audio from the video. You'll be listening to John Collins and Tim Mackey from The Bible Project in their video, Sacrifice and Atonement. Let's take a listen. We all long for the world to be good, for people to live in peace, act with love and justice. But there's a problem. Something compels us humans to constantly wreak havoc and destruction instead, and we call this evil. And from the Bible's point of view, evil ruins things in at least two ways. There's a direct effect of our evil, like when someone steals from another person, they've created injustice. Right. And therefore, you know, they owe something to make it right. But there's another indirect effect of evil, because they've also ruined the environment of the relationship, creating a lack of trust, there's emotional damage. It's like vandalism, and they need to make that right, too. Now, many people believe, hey, God is good. He should be the one to just get rid of all the evil in the world. But let's be honest. I mean, the evil that I see everywhere out there, it's the same evil that's inside of me. We have all contributed, and, and we keep doing it. And so this kind of puts us in a bind. If God's going to rid the world of evil, he'll have to get rid of us. And this is what's so remarkable about the story of the Bible. This God is so good that not only is he going to rid the world of evil, he's going to do it without destroying humanity. If God were right now just to get rid of all of the evil in the world, he would not just get rid of evil actions. One or two things would happen. He would completely erase our brains to the point where all we could do was good. So we're programmed and we can't make choices. Or what would happen is we would just be gone. We would disappear. Like if evil doesn't exist, there's evil in our heart, and then all of a sudden we don't exist. We're, we're in this place right now where as humans we can make good choices or bad, and we're living through life, but one day Jesus is going to come back and renew all things to the point where there will no longer be evil. But we exist right now basically in a place where there is. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Does, like, is there any of that that doesn't make sense? Like, you won't offend me. Like, if that was confusing, I'd want to know. No, it's fine. I understand. Okay. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Like, is that something that makes a lot of sense to you, or is it something that you still wrestle with at all? I know I still wrestle with it, because I don't like the fact that there's evil in the world. Yeah, I definitely don't like the fact that there's evil in the world, and I think it's easy for me to think that what's happening now is what's always going to happen, which is why I really like you brought up the point, Aaron, of there will be a renewing of the earth. There will be a judgment for that which is sinful, and there will be transformation for those who are believers in Jesus. So thinking ahead to, yeah, God is going to fix this one day, because I look at things, and I totally, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Psalm 73, and Asaph, who writes that psalm, is talking about there's all these evil people and they're doing evil things and nothing goes wrong in their life. And he's like, God, what's the deal? Like, why do you keep letting them just do whatever they want and their lives are great? And then he says, but then I went to the house of God and I remembered their end. You know, that the end of wickedness is destruction. 
And when he looked at that, he was like, Lord, forgive me for not being right in my thinking about it, but you really do save those who trust you, and that day is coming when that salvation will be full and complete and we'll be able to live with God free from evil. So for me, remembering that that day is still coming really encourages me. I remember one youth pastor from uh, Calvary, Philly. He said, there's no wrong that we can face on earth that heaven won't be a great enough reward for. Mm. And there's also no, there's no such evil thing that is so evil that hell won't be a bad enough punishment for it. Mm. So thinking about, I don't need to be the one to fix evil and decide I need to put all the things back into right order right now. Like I have to be the judge. God's going to do that perfectly one day. Mm. It's on me to just wait for him and trust that his plan is going to work out better than mine ever could. It's good. Now I've got a question for you because I think this question that you asked and our answers actually raise another question and I'd love to get your opinion on it. Um, so if we're supposed to be allowed to have these choices, but then when we die and go to heaven or when Jesus comes back and takes us to heaven, in heaven, we know there will be no sin. So is that something where all of a sudden we're not free anymore? Like we don't have free will. What do you think? Well, I guess that when we're in heaven, it'll be, well, we'll be with God. And I guess that when we're with such like a, a perfect being in a sense, I guess, like there's really no reason and there is not as much temptation to do anything wrong because mo most of the things that we do that's wrong here on earth is because of influence and temptation and mm -hmm. in heaven there is no temptation so we won't have the temptation to do anything wrong it's awesome that's really wise something i've thought about with it is kind of like because i i overthink things i don't know if you overthink things but i do all the time and I've been like, okay, wait, so when we get to heaven, is it like God takes our free will and like chops our brain and does like a lobotomy and like <laughs> removes the free will and all, like, you know what I mean? Like almost like there's like the left side of your brain is the evil side and the right side is like the good side. And yeah. then he, he takes the one side out. Um, so I was thinking about it and I was like, well, how is this any different? Cause I'm all about free will. I love that God gives us choice. When we get to heaven, we're not gonna be able to sin. What does that look like? And to me, the way I'm kind of looking at it is I think of it as in this phase of life, before heaven, on earth, it's all about the choice. Are you going to choose God or are you going to reject him? And for those of us who have chosen God, we've made that choice to be like, I want to follow Jesus. I want everything he's about. I want to live in his new kingdom. And so we look at our ability to choose bad things actually as a negative. Like I don't look at like my ability to choose sin and think I'm so glad I have that choice. Like I'm so glad that I, oh my gosh, like I'm so thankful that I have that will to like, if I wanna go punch somebody or steal or murder that I can make that choice. I'm, I'm, I wish I didn't have that. I view that choice as a disease, almost like a cancer. And so I think of it as like when I get to heaven, God is going to be removing that sin nature in me. He's gonna be removing that thing in me that makes me want to choose evil. And I think when I get to heaven, I'm still gonna have choices. I'm gonna be able to choose 
where I want to go in the, the new heaven and new earth, who I want to spend time with, how I want to serve Jesus, like how I want to worship him. Like I'm going to be able to make all these good choices, but my capacity for evil choices is, is going to be gone. And I don't see that as a negative. I'm like, I would love to not be able to like make the wrong choice, you know? Totally agreed. I think even looking at God himself, we say that God is all powerful, right? And we say that God can't sin. And the Bible tells us that he cannot sin, nor is he tempted to sin. Does that mean God is limited by that? Ooh, that's a good point. No, he's still all powerful. Mm-hmm. You see, for him to sin would be to like hurt himself. It's almost like if I, I know this is going to be a huge stretch, but if I got really buff and like really started working out and became really strong, it would almost be like saying, yeah, well, you can do all these different things, but what if you could cut off one of your fingers? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I have the power to do it, but that's going to hurt me if I do it. This is not good for me overall, and sin is never good for us overall. The Bible tells us in James 1 that when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. So God isn't limited by the fact that he can't sin. It keeps his like life going. That's definitely not the right phrasing for it, but you know what right. I mean? Like sinning and it would only bring forth death and everything that God does brings forth life like that was the description of the ministry of Jesus it's almost like we're living in this weird phase where like we know that we shouldn't drink poison like there's mm-hmm. nothing that you and I could ever be there's there's no way that anyone could ever convince you or me to drink poison but it's like almost like in this phase of life we're living in a in a weird realm where somehow we're constantly convinced to drink poison yeah like just like Oh, it's not that bad. Like, there's sprinkles in it. You're like, not free oh, yeah. if you don't drink the poison. Yeah, totally. It's like, well, it's poison, but I mean, it's not that bad a poison. And it's tasty poison. It's tasty poison. That's how we think of sin, tasty poison. Like, as Christians, we know it's wrong, but we're like, eh, I'm going to do it anyway because it's not that bad. And, it, and it, at some point, our eyes are going to be open to the point where we're going to realize how much of poison it is, and there's going to be no way we would ever go back to it. So that's a great question. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for coming on the show. No I appreciate problem. it. Catch you later. You too. All right. Hello and welcome to the very special part of the show called The Show Notes, where I ramble on for a few minutes about the stuff to tie up all the loose ends. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I was so stoked to have Lily on the show. I have been wanting for a long time to have real, live, actual students on the show. So hopefully this will be a regular thing. Hopefully we will have a lot more students on the show. If you're listening and if you're in Oklahoma and you're a youth pastor and you would like to have your students on the show, I'd love to get together with you and your students, sit together in a little round table setting. I'll bring my equipment and we can have your kids share their questions and then Um, you and I and anyone on your volunteer team can go for it and try to answer the questions. So if you want to get a hold of me, you can check out my website, aaronsalvato.com, A-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-V-A-T-O. If you want to know more about Brian Higgins, uh, who's on the show today, you can go to brianrhiggins.com. He is a great man. He looks like a lion. There's a picture of him on his website, and he just, he looks majestic. He's like a majestic lion. I'm a fan. Brian, if you're listening, I'm a fan. I love you. (laughs) Okay. Um, The Bible Project is an amazing resource. Check them out at thebibleproject.com. Their stuff continues to inspire me and uh, just motivate me to make more content like this. 
This show is produced by Hesed Creative. That's my nonprofit. Uh, we are a nonprofit that provides free websites and graphic design for churches and church plants, missionaries, all that good stuff. You can check us out at hesedcreative.com, H-E-S-E-D creative.com. That's all for me. Bye.